You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers lose 63-60 to at home to the Michigan State Spartans in a game where, I mean, you're, the Hoosiers really left it all out there on the court, from Freddie McSwain to Zach McRoberts to Josh Mich- Jawan Morgan. I mean, up and down the roster, guys played so hard but couldn't make a shot couldn't quite execute well enough down the stretch and against a team as good and as big and as athletic as Michigan State it just wasn't enough to get the win but you know we're obviously going to talk about it and break it all down here I know you know I come on here to do this show really proud of what we saw of a team that just played their butt off and we all hope that soon in the Archie Miller era that we can get past the idea of being proud in a loss and happy with effort and all of that stuff but for a coach who is trying to kind of remake a culture and rebrand Indiana basketball in the image of a tough, gritty defensive team that gets on the glass. You sure saw it tonight, and it would have been such a perfect signature win for Archie to get, but unfortunately, the Hoosiers fell short and weren't able to do it. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCright back with us on the assembly call to break it all down, and let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And, you know, I just talked about how this game, Indiana was in this game because of how hard and how tough they played. And there were two plays near the start of the second half that I thought signified it. And I thought that start of the second half was really important because Michigan State went into the locker room with momentum. They had ended the first half on a 9-3 run. They're up by nine at the half. How was Indiana going to respond? And I thought Indiana responded great at the beginning of the second half and, and continued to just chip away at the lead. But there were two plays that were just so emblematic of the toughness and fight Indiana brought. At one point, it was 34-24. Robert Johnson misses a three-pointer, and Juwan Morgan just absolutely in a dead-out sprint gets back in transition defense, ends up getting a deflection that Zach McRoberts, I think, dove on to get the ball. He ends up getting it back to Juwan, who then leads the break, passes it ahead to Freddie. It goes back to Juwan. He scores to make 34-26. It was just outstanding hustle by Juwan Morgan getting up and down the court, and obviously the hustle by... Zach McRoberts to create that bucket. A few minutes later, it's 37-29. Juwan Morgan misses a three, and then an incredible rebound by Zach McRoberts. Juwan Morgan then cuts. McRoberts finds him, the old McRoberts offensive rebound offense again, where he finds a cutting Morgan. Juwan scores through contact, something Indiana really struggled to do in the first half. It's 37-31. He makes the free throw to make it a five-point game. And just those plays, the hustle, the toughness, they created opportunities for points for an Indiana team that struggled so much to score, that couldn't make open shots, struggled to finish around the rim. They had to do it with toughness and guile and heart. And that's what those guys did on those plays. And it continued throughout the whole second half. Obviously, there were many opportunities where Freddie McSwain did it too. We'll get into all of them, but just, you know, a hat tip to those guys uh, for that kind of that kind of hustle, that kind of toughness. 
Um, it really made a big difference there at the start of the second half, and I thought set the tone for a really competitive second half that Indiana played all the way down there to the end where they lose by just one possession. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based T-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. If you're wondering why, you should check out their website, HoosierProud.com. I will give you the reasons that I've been giving you all season, and I hope that you have taken me up on the suggestion to go check them out, and that if you haven't yet, that you will do it now. And the first reason is because they have incredible designs. And for any apparel company, that's the most important thing. They've got to have cool designs, and Hoosier Proud has that. Whether it's the officially licensed IU gear, our official assembly call t-shirts, or just the pages after pages of cool, interesting designs inspired by unique elements of the Hoosier State. They've got so much at Hoosier Proud for you to check out. And the second reason to go there is you will be supporting Indiana-based charities when you do. Hoosier Proud is committed to supporting charities based in the Hoosier State. And on their website, you can see what all of those charities are. And you'll be supporting them with your T-shirt purchases. And the number three reason is when you go there, you save money. Because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order. Just use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, when you go. And you'll get 15% off of that order. Check them out at HoosierProud.com. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we start with Ryan Phillips. His rant brought to us by TheBigLead.com. You know, I think, look, it's disappointing. Every time you lose a game like this, you look at it, and it's disappointing, especially when you have a chance late, you know, down one, and you're missing free throws. And, you know, I don't think any of us expect Freddie McSwain to knock down free throws. But, um, you know, late when you have a chance to do something and, and – <clears throat> the possessions aren't great and you're not uh, making free throws. And I know it's moral victories are not what we're here for. We're here to win championships. I mean, that's what Indiana basketball is. But there's one thing I have to point out, and that's the fact that Michigan State, the best rebounding team in the country, went into Assembly Hall and got out-rebounded 52-29. to 29. That's not just getting beaten. That is getting whipped on the boards. And IU doesn't play anybody above 6'8". That was, as you said, it was all hustle, all effort. And I know, again, no moral victories. We're not, that's not what we're saying here, but we're saying you can respect the hustle and the heart that Indiana put out there tonight. And if this team, as constructed with absolutely no shooting, I mean, we have, you know, it's been, that's been the issue for the last few weeks. If they could just hit a dang shot, they'd have what, five more wins, you know, if they could hit an occasional three pointer. Um, but with this roster, you look at this roster and to have them fighting that hard, and they played great defense tonight as well. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, this was night and day from the Michigan State game on the road at you know in East Lansing. And if you, you know, are willing to look at what he what Archie Miller has done with this team and this lack of outside shooting ability, this lack of size, everything. And the roster and physical limitations that, that, that this group has and project that to a much more talented group that's coming in with shooting ability, with the ability to, you know, with, with more size and more length, Indiana is going to be back very soon. And, and, and you've got to appreciate what Archie Miller is doing. Now, Archie Miller is going to be the first guy to tell you he doesn't want credit for barely losing to Michigan State, but just seeing what these guys did tonight and what they were able to do against as talented a team as there is in the country when they're lacking that talent uh, is, is absolutely impressive. And so you've got a hat tip to them. 
you don't feel good about a loss, but you got to have tip to them, especially when they had 25 offensive rebounds. Mm. Michigan State only had three. Uh, but again, you shoot 28.8% from the field. You shoot 21.1% from three. Going to probably lose the game, no matter what the other stats say. Yeah, especially against a team as good as Michigan State. All right, and now it is time for the McCright Minute, brought to us by iustore.shop. Zach, awesome to have you back on the show, man. It's been a while. Good to be back, and sorry for the microphone issues as I've had problems. I'm just going to apologize up front. Um, yeah, I, Ryan, you kind of hit what I was going to hit at the very end. I mean, obviously, you hit on all of the key points, but just to throw on top of it that it was all of those offensive rebounds and Indiana shot the ball horribly. Not that that's any uh, any breaking news, but you put all of those things together, and it's and it's it, there are the the Hoosiers are at the free throw line to take the lead with under a minute to go. I mean that's it, that's insane. I just I haven't seen many box scores like this one before, and it's just it's just weird. And and boy, I tell you, Indiana has found it. If if tonight didn't seal it, then Indiana is really close to finding every single different way to lose a game. Every single different way. I feel like we've seen them all this year. And um, I think the thing – I'm conflicted. I, I'm, I'm legit conflicted. And I know when you do radio shows like this, you're supposed to like be on one side or the other, you know, and, and doing – doing sports radio for as long as I have, believe me, I got that beat into my head by my bosses a lot. Um, but my conflict is when you see that sort of effort from the Hoosiers, I, th- this game being a loss, I, I, I'm, I'm semi-okay with. Ohio State, Illinois, uh, go back to the non-conference, Fort Wayne, you know, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. It's like, guys, I, I know you can't be 20, 25 offensive rebounds a night good in terms of effort against the, you know, and by the way, that 25 rebounds, like, like Ryan said, coming against the best rebounding team in the country almost every single year. But can you come halfway close to that in all of these other games where it looks like your effort is non-existent and that's where the conflict comes in tonight because I, I i i feel like they get better i feel like they get better with archie and especially defensively ryan stole my thunder there but um I, it would just be nice to have a little more consistency J- it would just be nice like you don't yeah i'm not i'm not saying you're i'm not saying you have to be 20 and 5 at this point but uh, it would just be nice to 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 have some of those other games to have this effort or something. Let's just say seventy five percent of this effort in some of those other games this year. But we have um, some more wins. Uh, all, all in all, I mean, I, you know, every time I see this team kind of uh, look like crap, they come back and and somehow answer the bell for the next game. So I guess that is a positive and. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that there there are good things to come. But, man, it's frustrating to see this effort uh, so good and come up, A, with a loss, and then, B, look back on all the other games where this effort would have got you a win. Yeah, yeah, and one thing to look at, too, is they now have one day to rest, and they go to they have to go on the road for the third time uh, to play. To Rutgers. a Rutgers team that lost to Purdue by two at home. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean no, it's no easy game. 
It's not a great setup for the schedule. <laughs> no, it's not. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCright. We are breaking down Indiana's three-point loss to Michigan State. And, fellas, you know, there are, I think, obviously some some tough performances. We're going to have to dissect Robert Johnson and Josh Newkirk in particular. I mean, again, another big game where Indiana is trying to fight and battle without their senior guards being able to lead like you would expect senior guards to be able to lead, and we will get to that. But I want to point out some other just outstanding performances, and I think it has to start with Freddie McSwain. Yep. And, and, and Freddie got the start tonight. And the reason why he got the start, you know, if you listen to Archie Miller's uh, uh, comments with Fish before the game, he talked about how important it was to get off to a good start, how Indiana was going to have to rebound, and how Indiana was going to have to play physical, match Michigan State's intensity down low, which we didn't do up there last time. And so when I heard that... He, that Freddie was going to start over Justin Smith because originally Archie told Fish that he wasn't going to change the lineup, you know, unless maybe he has a change of heart in the next five minutes. Clearly he did. And I'm guessing what he realized was, you know what? Freddie McSwain is going to make some mistakes and is limited offensively and, you know, obviously doesn't have the potential of Justin Smith, but he is a tough son of a gun who's going to really play hard. Let's get him out there to start and maybe he can help us get off to a good start because Justin Smith is still learning how to play physically at the Big Ten level. And my goodness, did Freddie McSwain do that? I mean, this game might have been over really early if it weren't for the contributions of Zach McRoberts and Freddie McSwain. Those are really the two guys who were kind of keeping Indiana in it early by just manufacturing offense with hustle and offensive rebounds and steals and, and, and deflections. And Freddie finishes the game with eight points and 16 rebounds, nine of offensive. He had a block. He had a steal. And I know he had the four missed free throws, and that sticks out like a sore thumb. But if that's what you focus on with Freddie's game tonight, I think you're really missing just, I mean, clearly one of the biggest surprise performances in a big game by an Indiana Hoosier player in a long time, but just a testament to what hustle and grit can do for you. And that's what Freddie had. And I know, you know, in the offseason, we had lots of people talking about how, you know, asking us questions like, you know, how is Freddie even going to play? Should he be in the rotation? Like, what does he give us? And Ryan, you'll remember, we said on many shows, Freddie McSwain is going to win. There's going to be four or five games this year where Indiana plays really well or wins, and it's going to be because Freddie McSwain makes a big contribution just with hustle and offensive rebounds and the things that he does. And you know what? He played well enough tonight for Indiana to win. Obviously, Indiana didn't win, but a huge hat tip to Freddie McSwain for clearly his best performance as a Hoosier. Uh, and, and frankly, I think a hat tip to Archie Miller for having a good enough feel for his team and the player in the game situation to make that last-minute call at, on the start and then to give Freddie McSwain 30 minutes because it's one of the main reasons Indiana was even in this game. I was, was shocked, by the way. I was shocked that he – sorry to interrupt. I, I was shocked that he uh, got the start. When I heard he got the start, I was like, this is – this is not going to end But well. it made and sense no, given I'll what Archie it. had said. That's the thing. Totally, it, also, it totally made sense. Here, let me let me say this about Freddie. That was honestly one of the most fun performances I've watched an IU player have the entire time I've been an IU fan. I mean, he was you know five inches shorter than the guys he was going up against. I mean, Freddie's listed at six six, and if he's above six five, I'd be shocked. Um, but he's just out there, just brawling with guys essentially and winning, and and it's. It's about effort and it's about heart. And he just out hearted everybody on the floor tonight. And, you know, I, I a couple of the recent games, I've given him my game ball when his stats haven't been great just because of his energy against Purdue. I gave him my game ball, you know, because he's just been out there 
giving everything he's had. And you know what? That's all you can ask from a guy. Yeah, Freddie McSway is not going to hit a jump shot. He's not going to make free throws. He's not going to, but he gave, he got the most out of every inch of his talent tonight. Every inch of his physical ability, he got the most out of it tonight. And, and he was the best player on the floor on either team for most of that game. And I don't mean skill wise. I mean, he was the most reliable player for what he does on the floor all night. And, and man, I mean, I think Juwan Morgan has an argument that he was, you know, in stretches, the best player on the floor. But all in all, Freddie McSwain, you know, owned that game for most of it. And, and you know what? Credit where it's due, because that's a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of basketball skill. And he went toe to toe with guys who were going to be in the NBA and beat them tonight. And he'll, uh, you know, you can't ever take that away from him. That, that'll be something he'll have forever because that was a great performance that I think even in a loss a couple of years from now, we'll bring up Freddie McSwain and, and, and be happy about, you know, remembering this night. Cause that was like, I mean, that's the kind of thing that had they won that get, that makes you a Hoosier legend to have 16 rebounds against a Tom Izzo coach team, nine of them offensive. That's insane. I mean, Fred, nobody Freddie else played, is Freddie played 29 minutes and was plus six. Tonight. I mean, Nobody else is going to do that all year. Nobody. I don't. I want to know the last time somebody's gotten 16 rebounds against the Tom Izzo coach team in history. I, I, I mean, I'm sure someone's done it, but how long ago? I mean, and that, nine of them offensive. Nine of them offensive. Yeah, he's had nine offensive rebounds. Sure. I mean, so you know, especially against this Michigan State team that is so talented and so deep and so big, and he just outworked everybody. You know, that's the kind of thing that makes you feel good about the future here. If Archie Miller can get that out of Freddie McSwain and can get, you know, Zach McRoberts to turn into a starter, you feel good about this team moving forward and you feel good about what he can do to mold these guys that are coming in and the guys who he's going to have for another, for a full off season again next year. So, um, I mean, there are positives to look at. It's again, people always say no moral victories. I get it. I'm not taking a moral victory. We lost the game. We had chances to win it and failed. But there are still positives you can take from a loss, and 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 that's one of them. Is that you look at these guys and look, we're gonna we're gonna criticize some of these guys. All of them played hard. None of these guys were yeah. slacking out there. But we're gonna criticize some of them because they didn't play particularly well. But there was effort from everybody tonight, and they all bought in and they all gave everything they had. Yep. No question about it. All right, coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed. We will go inside the numbers, and there are so many other storylines we still have to break down. That is all coming up here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the Script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. (music) 
You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCrite. We are breaking down Indiana's disappointing 63-60 loss to Michigan State tonight at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. It is time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And there's so many of them. I try to prepare for this segment as the game's going along. And the two that I have written down here from kind of earlier Wait, in the whoa, game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You prepare for the show? <laughs> yes. Am I supposed yes. to be doing Someone, that? No, just, no, we get by five. We, know, just we, we know that Jared does. It's just that no one else does. <laughs> That's the thing. So I want to take you back in the second half. You know, it, Indiana kept kind of chipping away at the lead, and Michigan State would, you know, would have a bucket. They would kind of have an answer. Josh Langford did it a few times with three pointers. Well, it was 56 to 50, and you'll remember this play because Dan Dockich pointed it out. Uh, and they even, uh, I think, showed a highlight of it coming back from break. But it was 56-50. Robert Johnson has the rebound in his hand. Miles Bridges goes behind him, taps it out. We found out later that he was out of bounds, so this shouldn't have counted. But, you know, also, you're a guy like Robert Johnson, you got to snatch that rebound out of there. But Bridges taps it away. Michigan State scores. It's 58-50. to You know, at that point, Indiana had kind of been keeping it around like a five-point game, five to seven. And so Michigan State pushes it out to eight. And I'm kind of wondering, all right, you know, we miss a rebound. Is this where we kind of start to wilt a little bit? And immediately, you know, Indiana showing some of the mental toughness that, again, didn't get them over the finish line tonight, but that I think they've lacked in some other games. And I thought Devontae Green was a big part of it because he comes right back uh, and, and he hits a big jump shot. He had, you know, kind of did that little shimmy dribble. Uh, I think he uh, that might have been the one where he kind of spun around and hit it off the glass. Yeah. And so it's 58 to 52 at that point. Big bucket. The very next possession, you know, Indiana got to stop. They go into Juwan Morgan. He scores. It's 58 54. So they answered Michigan State going up by eight with that 4 0 run. It was Devontae Green and Juwan Morgan who were huge down the stretch. And by the way, real quick, and we'll get into this more, Devontae Green tonight in 31 minutes, 7.6 assists, two rebounds, one steal, zero turnovers again. So whatever happened in the Ohio State game, he carried it over into this game and really earned those minutes and was Indiana's best guard by a wide margin uh, in this game tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But to finish up this sequence, you know, Indiana cuts it to four and they just kept chipping away because they kept getting stops. And so Morgan ended up uh, with about 310 to go. He hits a couple of free throws. It's 58-56. McRoberts gets a steal. And that's, you know, when Indiana almost had their chance to get it back and, and take the lead, but they just couldn't make the free throws. But I was just really impressed with Indiana's ability when it got to 58-50 to come back, string together stops, and then be able to go on the other end and Indiana's two best individual offensive players, Devontae Green and Juwan Morgan, just made plays. And sometimes in basketball, you just need guys to go make plays. And that's what's been in such short supply for Indiana this season. So it's great to see those two guys do it. And frankly, as we move forward in the season, I want to see a lot more of the ball in Devontae Green's hands because he brings stuff that no one else does. And he's finally not turning the ball over and he's making better decisions and get it into Juwan's hands. And in late game situations, you play through those two guys and I think you take your chances. And I'm, I think I'm they always, showed it at that point in that big stretch in the game. I'm fine with that so long as he's not shooting the ball 11 times a game. Who, Devontae? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, look, well, we, but the thing I, is, but how, but how many of those shots tonight were the real bad boneheaded shots? I, no, I agreed. Agreed. Uh, uh, not many, but, um, but honestly, as I say that, I'm like, okay, so who else is going to shoot it? Okay, well, exactly. then I guess just yeah, just tonight on, nobody you know? tonight nobody else was willing to take a shot. At least he was willing. To, I mean, Robert Johnson had 15 shots tonight, uh, but you felt like almost all of them. He was thinking that's not going to go in. 
like when he shot it, you know, I mean, there was no confidence behind it. And at least Devontae has confidence behind his shot. He was over four from three tonight, but we saw he can make threes the other night and, um, you know, against Ohio state and, and saw that he can shoot better. And look, some of those possessions late, there just was nothing going on, you know, it was late clock situation. So yeah, he put something up. He got a few shots blocked. He had a few where he drove in and got hammered and did not get calls, but Look, the officials in this one were bad both ways. They there there were some awful calls in this one and misses uh both ways. So I you know, I can't really get on him for that uh too much. Uh so, you know, I look, but the, the thing about Devontae is you're right, Jared. The six assists and no turnovers is a big deal. That's the second straight game with no turnovers. He's taking care of the ball, he's valuing the ball. I realize some bad shots are like turnovers, but at least your guys have a chance to go rebound them. If you just throw it to the other team, you know, there's no there, you know, there's no, there's no benefit to that. Bad tonight shots. Was good, tonight was a good night to miss. Just, <laughs> yeah, just for it. sure. Just shoot it and miss. Throw it yeah. somewhere near the rim. Yeah. Right. Um, Those should I, have counted as assists tonight. But I think I, I really think that when you, what you're seeing is you're seeing the senior guards not step up in big situations and somebody has to and, and Devonte made some some nice plays late uh and he was a facilitator at times too and and, and his intensity on defense was fantastic but the thing so. is it's not in their nature like it isn't robert johnson's nature to be a catch and shoot guy and make big shots when other people are creating for him he's not going to create those shots same with josh newkirk it is Devonte green's nature to go out and create things and take you know and kind of create offense in big situations and i know well, it's really funny the, the guy i think you can I've heard people compare Devontae Green to the most is Troy Williams when sort of like, well, you never know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, but at the same time, there was a reason that Troy Williams is always on the floor. It's because he was he was capable of doing things that nobody else on the roster could do, even yeah. on a bad night. He was capable of making something happen. And I think that, you know, Devontae is the same way. He's, you know, capable of doing that shimmy and shaking miles bridges off him and making a jumper. And, and it didn't look like anybody else was capable of doing that tonight. So um, I, I just think that in right now, he's the best of the bunch as far as, you know, being able to create offense and, and whether that's, you know, a damning thing for this IU roster. I mean, it probably is in some ways, but it also means that that's a young kid who can get better and maybe, uh, you know, hit some more of those shots down the road. But right now, at least he's not turning the ball over. He's dishing out assists. He's finding guys and he's playing hard defensively. Yeah. Can I I throw something out uh, a a little disjointed from the conversation, but I just saw this come up on the Twitter feed and I'm, I'm curious what Indiana fans um, how they feel when they hear this. If this Jeff is about Goodman the Bob Knight 30, 30 for 30, I'm cutting your mic. No. <laughs> Tom Izzo, or Jeff Goodman tweets that Tom Izzo said he was embarrassed by the effort of his team tonight. Does that make IU fans feel good or not? I can I see think, him saying it. I mean, I think that, look, I don't think Indiana is going to out-rebound Michigan State 25 to 3 on the glass if Michigan State is playing all out. Clearly, like, it took two for this to happen. Yeah, I, I don't think, think was, I don't think, I think I don't, both. Yeah, I don't a think a little bit of both. Yeah, and sure. I don't think them playing hard denigrates at all what Indiana did. You know, I mean, if Michigan State's clicking on all cylinders and they're playing their best and Indiana's playing their best, honestly, they probably you wouldn't get what happened the first time. Yeah, I mean that, that well no, Indiana didn't play well that night. But, but oh, Michigan State Yeah, well. but but Michigan State probably beats Indiana by 15 points if they're both playing at their best. So it. for this to be this close to the game, Indiana had to play at an extremely high level from an effort perspective. And Indiana didn't shoot, so they didn't help themselves that way. But yeah, I mean I have no problem with that. And it doesn't take anything away from how proud I am of Indiana's effort. 
because that's what I'm focused on. And I, I think it's great that Michigan State helped us out and they didn't play hard. Um, but that doesn't take away, I don't think, from what Indiana did. So yeah, I, I don't know. And Maybe I that bothers say, other people. It doesn't bother me. I would also say part of it is the fact that the way Indiana was playing took the wind out of Michigan State's sails at times. I mean, you look at Michigan, Michigan State was shot 50% from three. You know, nine of 18, they were 48.9% from the field. Um, they only hit 47.1% of their free throws. But other than that, I mean, they played fine. And, you know, they blocked 13 shots. I mean, there were there were aspects of it. You don't block 13 shots if you have no effort. Um, but I think that maybe there was a lapse in concentration, especially on the on the uh on the offensive or on the defensive glass for Michigan State. But at the same time, the way Indiana played. I mean, it was like taking body blows, you know, all night. And I think they wore down a little and were not playing smart and maybe weren't playing super hard. But I think that there is a relationship there that's proportional is that Indiana playing as hard as it did, you know, made it harder for Michigan State to do what it wanted to do. And that's frustrating. And you lose effort and you lose concentration that way. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I don't think that he's wrong that Michigan State didn't play its best and play with a lot of effort. But at the same time, I think that some of that is on Indiana pushing Michigan State to a certain degree. Yep. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Zach McCright and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's loss to Michigan State. Guys, let's go inside the numbers. Obviously, the, the, the biggest number to focus on and, and you can kind of link them together. I mean, Indiana's shooting. The Hoosiers shoot 28.8% from the field tonight, an effective field goal percentage of 31.8%. Look, I get that Michigan State is a remarkable defensive team, and they hold teams down. But my goodness, I mean, Indiana did not help itself out by missing some open looks. I mean, the Hoosiers got some yeah. decent looks in this game. They just didn't knock them down. You know, Robert Johnson and Josh Newkirk especially didn't look comfortable taking shots. And in fact, the, you know, the one three-pointer that Robert Johnson hit in the first half, he looked really smooth and comfortable taking it. For some reason, the other shots, you know, he kind of rushed, didn't look confident. So Indiana misses 47 shots from the field. But the Hoosiers rebounded 25 of them, which is insane. Indiana with an offensive rebounding percentage of 49% which is a remarkable number in any game. That would be a remarkable number against Mississippi Valley State. To do it against Michigan State, with that, you know, given that as the context, is just absolutely remarkable. And the thing that I'm impressed by, and the reason why you know, I walk out of this game disappointed that we lost, but feeling that it's a really good sign for the future, is you've got an Indiana team that you know, is on a losing streak, you know, not... You know, probably thinking about the NCAA tournament or even the NIT right now because we, we're so far off the bubbles for both. But this team, not only have they not quit on their coach, they absolutely are going out and executing exactly what he wants them to do. At least they did in this game. You know, and I think you really saw it within those stats and the rebounds and the fact that Indiana played pretty well, you know, for, from a transition defense perspective and the fact that Indiana held Michigan State to 1.03 points per possession. That's outstanding. Michigan State's one of the best. They're a top 10 offense in the country. And Indiana held them down. And when they needed those stops late, once Michigan State got that eight-point lead, they did it. So those numbers, really positive. And if you focus on the defensive numbers and the rebounding numbers and even the turnover percentage, which was 13.6%, I mean, that can help you rest easy at night. Just don't look at the shooting numbers because you're <laughs> going to have nightmares. That's all I have to say. Zach, what numbers jump out to you from the Well, statute? you know, the one that I've just kind of been sitting on, we've, we've, we've tiptoed around it, but I mean, you mentioned the the offensive rebounding numbers for IU, and obviously that's the number that stands out. You know, twenty five of them. But 
if you just took Morgan and McSwain's total rebounds tonight, they had 27. Jeez. Michigan State had 29 as a team, and 26 of them defensive. Um, so uh, I, I was just super impressed by that. And uh, I, I think, um, you know, and, and you're saying don't look at the shooting, don't look at the shooting. It's tough not to look at the elephant <laughs> in the room, Jared, okay? <laughs> but that being said, um, I, uh, I wonder – I feel like the only way IU could score underneath, with with few exceptions. I mean, I don't want to be an absolutist about this, but uh, the only way IU could score in the paint was to get an offensive rebound. And so I should have known this going in because I was very confident about IU's chances in this game. Maybe not to win, but to keep it close like they did. But it, but I did not think they were going to do it in the way that they did. Obviously, who thought they were going to have twenty five offensive rebounds? I watched when I was watching the first five minutes of the game, like I'm so dumb for even thinking this because Michigan State's gonna block every shot inside away. And I you can't hit a three. I mean, they they just they just can't and they they were going to have to. It's probably so, the worst matchup in the country for us, literally. Yeah, I mean it you you have you have to to beat Michigan State, you either A have to get 25 offensive rebounds, which IU did and still didn't win, or you're gonna have to be a prolific three-point shooting team. And um, IU is is uh, not that for sure. So um, I'm, I'm I'm still just shocked. It's tough not to look at anything but the rebounds and just go, yeah. I mean, there it is. Um, but I, I think the other number, at least for me, is is the turnovers. I'm I'm shocked that this team is playing games against top five teams in the country and getting less than double digit turnovers. It's that's shocking to me compared to what we've seen a lot of other games this year. So. Yeah, they there's, with progress. Eight tonight, so. mm-hmm. there's progress, but it's, I mean, it, it, it's just like, it, there's another part of me that's going, you had 25 offensive rebounds that did not win the game. Like what in the uh, world is going on? But, but you know, I, that's just the way it's going to be. I'm conflicted. It was a massive missed opportunity. There's no question. Ryan, what, what numbers jump out to you? Oh, I, I think it's a three point shooting is the big one. I mean, I know it's been uh, mentioned ad nauseum, but four of 19 from, from three, 21.1%. And as you guys said, about 12 of those were good looks, wide open looks that they got off of reversals or, you know, and, and, you know, from guys who are capable of knocking them down, Devontae Green, 04, Robert Johnson, two of seven, Zach McRoberts, one of three, and his shot looked good. He had a couple that went in and out. Uh, Josh Newkirk, 0 of two. Uh, Jawan Morgan, one of three. He had one that went it went was down and out too. I mean, it's it's ju- they're just cursed from the three point line. It's you know even the ones that come out and look good, um, which are few and far, which it, this season have been few and far between, just don't go in. And and it's yeah. you know I mean it, I I don't know what it is, but it's something that this as as we've talked about for a couple shows, uh, not in a row, but we've talked about over the year. It's something this coaching staff has to figure out in the offseason. I mean, they really have to concentrate on shooting and fixing the shooting. And I know that, you know, you want to concentrate on running good offense and you want to concentrate on on playing good defense and, you know, being aggressive and all that stuff and, and rebounding. But you, you got to work on these guys in their shooting because it's, it's just an element that these days in the college game and certainly in the pro game, you got to shoot. You got to be able to knock down shots or, or you're not going to win. And and we used to hear Tom Crean say that all the time when his team losses. You know, sometimes you just got to hit shots. 
And now we're seeing what he meant this year. <laughs> you really have to hit shots. I mean, you have to make shots. No one on this show ever criticized him for those comments. Yeah, never once, Jared. <laughs> but, I mean, but, there is truth to that, though. At some point, you got to make a shot. There, there, and, as, we, as we've said, there's a difference between playing well and shooting well. And you can play well, which I thought Indiana did tonight, but not shoot well. But sometimes you need to play well and shoot well to beat a good team. Okay. Like, of you got to have both. Of you know? course. I mean, this but you happened. don't even have to shoot well, you guys. <laughs> you have to shoot yeah. well. Hey, just yeah. Shoot. yeah. Just I don't mean, shoot 22%. Look at this. They lost by three. Now, I know there was a free throw shooting at the end and whatever. If they make two more three-pointers, they finish with 66 points. You know, and two of those uh, tonight, at least two, maybe three were down and out. And it changes the game, especially, you know, you hit yeah. one when Assembly Hall is ready to explode. It changes the game. And if you cannot hit shots and you don't have somebody that consistently can knock down long jumpers, you're done for, especially if you play a team that blocks shots like Michigan State does. I mean, where were they going to go to get offense? So, know. Um, you know, it, it, look. At some point, this team has to turn it around. And I don't mean this team this year because I'm I'm beyond expecting it to get better, uh, which I think we all did early in the year. We all thought, oh, this will water will find its level. They'll get better. I'm done with that right now. I I, I think that we're now looking towards next year. And 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 but I, I think it's something this coaching staff really has to focus on in the offseason. So one more number, and it's an underrated one. But Zach McRoberts only played 18 minutes tonight. And in a game where Indiana loses by three and where he created so many scoring opportunities for Indiana, he had four steals, you know, he had a couple of offensive rebounds. Shoot, he even had that incredible crossover dribble and got fouled and made two free throws. And I know, you know, he had, had, probably took a couple of uncharacteristic bad shots for him. But he, got in, but, but, but he got in foul. I, I am too, uh, uh, frankly. But he got in, in foul trouble. And a couple of his fouls, you know, ticky-tack fouls that maybe they should or shouldn't have been called. But also, you know, one of them in particular, I think it was his fourth foul, was just kind of not a smart play given the time and how Neither much we need him second. on the floor. Either was his yeah. second. I mean, but, that, but, that, his, that frustrates me too. I, I yeah. get it. Ticky-tack fouls. Refs shouldn't call him. I get it. Don't put yourself in that situation either. Yeah, but but the thing is, I mean, you think about it and think about how much of a difference he makes. And he probably would have played 36 minutes tonight because, oh, I mean, yeah. Johnson got 37. Jawan got 35. You know, he probably would have taken a lot of minutes that Newkirk ended up getting. And, I mean, I think, I think he makes a three-point difference if he plays 10, 11 more minutes. He means that much to the team. And in a game that was all about, again, the hustle and the toughness and the grit, and that's how Indiana was getting a lot of its opportunities, they needed Zach McRoberts on the court. Now, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that I would have said, I think Indiana would have beaten Michigan State if Zach McRoberts had played 36 <laughs> minutes instead of 18, I would have said, what we, the hell happened no, to the season? We would have agreed <laughs> with you, and we would have called the, the, the men from the asylum immediately. But that is a that is a true statement that I feel 100% confident saying. Um, I, I mean, is he, is but he it's our, just, he's our second-best player, is he not? Most, second, it's yeah. certainly second-most consistent. Yeah, especially with how Robert's been struggling recently. There yeah, was a stretch I mean, there where Robert was playing more consistently where it would have been him, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I know he is our second to, best player. Just to throw something else uh, to piggyback, Jared, you know, I saw somebody in the chat say, uh, you know, the most surprising stat is Josh Newkirk had 26 minutes. But I think a lot of that had to do with Zach McRoberts in foul trouble. Colin Hartman's got a bum knee. Yep. I mean, you know, who else are you going to play? You know, so I don't think that's something that, I don't know if he's earning 26 minutes, Yeah, but uh, but I think he has to play it right now. Yep. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, we got to talk some more about Jawan Morgan. We haven't spent enough time on him, and he was terrific tonight. Uh, and obviously, we'll talk some more about Devontae Green and the other storylines from this game. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us.
You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also view all of our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCright, breaking down Indiana's 63-60 loss to Michigan State. So, guys, we've spent a lot of time talking about Freddie McSwain for good reason. You know, we talked a little bit about Devontae Green. We talked a little bit about Zach McRoberts and how much he meant. And I thought all three of those guys were very, very good tonight in the minutes that they were on the court. Um, but perhaps we have talked about them at the expense a little bit of the guy that was clearly Indiana's MVP tonight. And that I thought was it was so impressive how he you know, bounced back from a really poor performance against Michigan State the first time. And, and everybody knows that he, you know, turned his ankle late in the first half, didn't play in the second half. What's easy to forget is he still played 16, 17 minutes in that first half and essentially did nothing. I mean, Michigan State just swallowed him up down low. You know, Juwan has gotten so comfortable playing on the block and Michigan State is so good defending down there. And Juwan didn't really have a counter in that game to go to when Michigan State took away what had become his bread and butter. And I thought tonight, you know, at the very start of the game, he struggled a little bit to get going. And, and Archie talked in the pregame about how they were going to have to do some different stuff with Juwan. He was going to have to play more on the perimeter. You know, he was going to have to create offense in different ways than just sitting on the block. And his final line tonight, 23 points, 11 boards. He had four offensive rebounds. The block that he had was great. And I know the 8 for 17 isn't the efficiency that you're used to, but part of that is because, I mean, look, he just had to force shots at times uh, because Indiana is so limited offensively. You know, did knock down some free throws at 6 for 8. But I was just impressed with how much more varied his game was tonight. You know, he did a lot of driving, uh, and that kind of got him, you know, he would drive in and then kind of turn, and that would kind of get him into a post situation. Um, and, and also was just when he did get it down low, was able to A, be crafty, and B, just finish through some contact and show you know some toughness down in that area that he certainly has, but maybe hasn't always been able to show and score through against teams with Michigan State's bulk, height, and length. And so I think tonight was a it was an excellent, an excellent step for Juwan Morgan. As as good as he's already been and as much as he's grown this year, I thought he grew even more tonight given the opponent that he played to be able to come out and do this. I mean, I think this is one of the most impressive performances of his career given how much weight is on his shoulders, the opponent that he was playing, and how good they are at defending what he likes to do. Really impressed with Juwan and the game plan that the coaches had to get him more opportunities, Ryan. Yeah, I would it would have been great if he could have knocked down a couple more three, you know, a couple more threes because they were really kind of giving them to him. And and I think, again, you know, for Juwan to be an NBA guy and get to the next level, that's something he's going to have to work on is being able to stretch the floor a little more. But I agree with you. I thought, particularly in the second half, I thought he really at times took the game over. And, you know, he was going toe-to-toe with two lottery picks down there and, and mixing it up. And, and Bridges, you know, was trying to check him at one point and he just, you know, sh- shrugged him off, uh, you know, and then you had Jackson and, um, and, and Ward going after him and, and he was just better. I mean, he's just a better player. Um, you know, and, and, and it's been impressive watching him develop this year and especially, you know, a guy who had the ball in his hand so much in 35 minutes and who's not a ball handler with quotes around it, uh, only one turnover as well. I thought that was a, a key and he, he is really learned how to stay on the floor. Um, you know, only two fouls, uh, and he's really learned how to stay on the floor. Thirty-five minutes as well. So, um, yeah, I, I I thought it was a great performance from Juwan. I, I wouldn't categorize it as his best, you know, of the season or anything, but it was impressive how he worked. Um, and and 
particularly in the second half, and he was a huge part of the comeback. I mean, no, Notre was, Dame, Notre Dame was his best. He's had other better ones, but I'm just saying, given the opponent and sure. how they take away what he likes to do down there, it was impressive from that standpoint. To me. No, and I, I understand what you mean. I totally, I totally agree. And I, I'm not saying that you were saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't know if it was his best. But yeah, but, but I'm not saying you were saying. I was saying you were saying. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're not uh, here that often, Zach? God, I mean, I I was just thinking like that laugh, what you heard just now from me was like, yeah, I remember. I remember this. This is good. This is why I like it. This is uh, good. It's like coming home, isn't it? Yeah. That's Zach, right. That's right. Welcome back. I see in our chat, we're going to talk about the senior guards next. So I'd like to delay things a little bit before we get there. Uh, no. Zach, your, your thoughts on Juwan Morgan before we, before we talk about the guards. <laughs> um. You, you know, there, I was looking through the game logs of Jawan for this season in order. First off, his last five games, he's averaging 23 points a game, which is well above his season average. That That's Alan Henderson stuff from Alan Henderson's senior year where he averaged 23.5 a game. Yes, Jared, we know you've watched Indiana basketball for a long time. Hey, but that, no, but that puts into context. Alan Henderson's senior year is one so of the great individual game. seasons in Indiana history. And that's the level that Morgan has been on at times this year. I mean, he hasn't been that consistent. I just like making fun of you. When when will you, you know, there are so many sponsors on assembly call now. When will Jared's nostalgia moment be sponsored? (laughs) Daily nostalgia moment. When will that be sponsored? Uh, Anyway, uh, 23 points a game in his last five. And um, this is the entire, and I want to make sure I didn't miss like, those games, those Big Ten games in December. But it looks like Juwan Morgan has shot 50% or better in every Big Ten game with the exception of the two Michigan State games, which yeah. is insane. And, and tonight he was eight goal defense in the country. And tonight he was eight yeah, of 17. Yeah, he was eight of 17. So was I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, it wasn't like he was he was bad. And the other in the Michigan State game, he was one of five. You know, that was a, that was a terrible night for him. But um, But, I mean, that's just – he has – I would I would like to know um, here here th- your next nostalgia moment should be this, okay? The okay. last time, I mean, you mentioned Alan Henderson. I wonder if there's anybody since Alan Henderson. The last time that you've watched somebody um, literally get better before your eyes to the point to where they're they're averaging over twenty a game over a long stretch of time. I mean that. I mean, Victor to me comes to insane. mind, but he wasn't scoring at the level. He he didn't yeah. score as much as Juwan. It, it's just it's super impressive. I'm I'm I, I would have never thought that Juwan would have the year he's having. And Cody is the last guy that played with that kind of efficiency level down low, but he wasn't. I mean, he came so good already. Yeah. You know, it's not. He never really good. noticed like Cody making a huge leap. He was because he was kind of so good from the start and so consistent. Yeah, this was not Juwan's game when he stepped on campus. Yeah. This was yeah. not it at all. And he's turned, he's blossomed into, like, I love when his back is to the basket now. When would I have said that? When they were winning the Big Ten and Juwan was on that team, it was like Juwan was a, Juwan spent the t- spent most of his time on the perimeter. And yeah. and, it, and that, that's not the case anymore. It's insane. I'm just, I'm super impressed with how he's changed his game yeah. so crazy and, you know, uh, and still been able to be so successful. Given what we knew about Juwan coming in, uh, his personality, um, you know, his family, all of that stuff, uh, this doesn't surprise me that he's ended up here. Maybe the route that it took to get here. Um, but I remember when he came in and we were discussing him as a recruit, and I said he was, I, I remember saying that he's the kind of guy who's going to stick around for three, four years, 
and be an all big 10 kind of guy. If he, if he sticks to it and, and if he stays there and that's what he's become. And I don't think that was hard to see. I think the route, as you said, the route to get there, was it going to be more of a, of a slasher on the perimeter? Was he going to be a guy who would be more of a stretch four? you know, the fact that Deron Davis goes out and now he's a back to the basket post guy and is dominating with it is I didn't see that coming, but I think that Juwan has always been this kind of guy. I mean, he was the kid who, when Indiana was having issues, they, they asked him about, Hey, would you, uh, would you consider decommitting from Indiana because of all the off court issues they're having? He said, no, that makes me want to get there faster, mm-hmm. you know, and change the culture. And, you know, so you just expect a guy with that kind of mentality to eventually figure it out. And and look, he could, and we've talked about this, Jared. Uh, he could have, this could have been him last year, but he got hurt. You know, he was never healthy. And and, and I think that we've all expected him to, t- to take that step to the next level. But uh, again, how he's done it, the timing of it and everything has been surprising. And, and um, you know, I think we're all rooting for him both as a person and as a player. I mean, he's a guy who's easy to root for. He just is. And, and, oh, yeah. and so um, I, I'm really hoping he comes back because I would love to watch him in an Indiana uniform for another season. No, no question. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCrite breaking down Indiana's 63-60 victory. Well, yes, as a, a fan. Not a victory. Oh, a shoot. Loss, loss yeah. Wow. So I, was, I was so, no, I was, I was thinking about my next point. Wow. Thank you for Thank you for keeping me on track there, Ryan. Um, but yes, with Juwan, I would love to see him back as a fan, but I hope he's in the NBA next year because that would mean that a kid achieved his dream a year earlier and you know joined his buddies OG and Thomas in the NBA. So I'd love to see that for him because that would be phenomenal. But man, being able to see him next year leading the young guys that we're going to have be great from a fan. Hey, uh, a little Thomas Bryant update, by the way, for people, the Lakers like him so much. They are now taking him on the road with them. So he gets used to being on the road in the NBA. Uh, he played the other night in a loss. They like his energy on the bench so much that they have him with the team at all times. Now, uh, they'll put him back in the G league. I'm sure to, you know, get some game experience, but they are so into him. I mean, he's a second round pick and they like him so much that they are bringing him on the road now to um, to get the experience of being on the road in the NBA. So I thought that's a good update for Indiana people because we haven't really heard much from what's going on with, with Thomas. But uh, the Lakers are are in love with the kid. And and that's not surprising anybody knows Thomas. That's awesome. Uh, all right, guys, let's talk about Robert Johnson and Josh Newkirk. Uh, two guys who I think we all agree are giving great effort and are trying to do what the coach wants. And and I think to Robert Johnson's credit, you know, he came out in that Ohio State game, wasn't aggressive at all. I think he took three shots in the first half. Tonight, he came out and looked for a shot. I mean, he was playing aggressive, doing what his coach wanted him to do. Just couldn't make anything. I mean, I think he took five shots before the first media timeout, missed all of them. Um, you know, so he finishes with eight points, you know, was able to get some some rebounds, but only had the one assist in 37 minutes to go with two turnovers. And again, we talked about this. That's just Robert's not a guy who's going to create a lot of offense for others. Uh, and especially in a game against a team like Michigan State that has good defensive guards, you know, they really play tough physical defense, then they'll expose some of his suspect ball handling. It's just a really tough matchup for him to get going, which is why I thought it was better for to have the ball in Devontae's hands. And Josh Newkirk, you know, he's really struggling with a shot 0 for 6 from the field. Um, you know, again, like Robert, contributed with five rebounds, but both of those guys they can just really kill Indiana offensively. And I think when you look at 
you know, why can you look at a game like this in this Michigan State game and kind of feel good coming out of it, even though it's a loss? It's because I think you have to be a little bit realistic and understand that this team is counting on two senior guards to provide leadership and steadiness and, you know, some level of competence in endgame execution. And they just, you know, those two guys just can't do that consistently. And it's, you know, it's just not, they're both maybe playing a little bit outside of the roles they would be comfortable in this season because of just the roster and what it is and some of the injuries that have happened. But it's just, it's kind of a continuation of a theme that we've seen. And Robert has had some big games. He scored really well in games. But in some of these games where Indiana's really needed him, you know, like tonight, and if, or if he just makes a couple shots, you win. He hasn't been able to do it. And it's disappointing because I want those guys to play well at the end of their careers and go out on a high note. And they just can't seem to get any level of consistency. And at this point, you know, I think expecting it to happen is kind of foolish. And I think when you look at it from Archie's perspective, it's got to be so hard game to game when you're counting on these two seniors in your starting lineup to play a combined 60 minutes a night and you just don't know really what you're going to get from them. And you start looking at it now and over the last three games, your most reliable guard has been Devontae Green. I mean, that, that tells you where your backcourt is at right now. Boy, that's a horrifying thought, huh? Well, except for the fact that Devontae's no, played really well. I'm just <laughs> so. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes, it is. <laughs> now, look, I, you know, at this point, uh, these guys, look, again, the effort is there. They're, they're playing their, their tails off. And, and so I respect that. But at the same time, you know, at some point, you've got to, even if, if you're not, if you're going to be out there, you've got to do something on the offensive end. I'm not saying score, but you've got to create something. You've got to, you know, and they're just got to so, put pressure on the defense. And they're so, <laughs> you know? they're so tentative and they're so just, uh, it's almost like they're so afraid to fail. And that, that, that makes it sad. It doesn't make it, you know, it doesn't make it uh, like anger. Like I'm not angry about it. I'm just like, man, that sucks for those guys. Cause they, they don't want to fail and they don't want to fail so badly that they're failing. And and it's, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and, and having been a player and knowing what it's like in those situations, the way out of it is to just go create something, go do something, take a chance, you know, drive in the lane, let everybody suck it and then kick it out. Do, do, do something as opposed to just passing the ball on the perimeter. Um, so I, I just Robert think, tried that early. It's almost like he got shell shocked after missing so many I shots. Think, I think that happened. And you know what? If you're a senior, you can't let that happen to you. You got to have that mentality to keep going at it because, you know, the rest of the team is going to take your personality on. And and that certainly happened tonight because they were shell shocked going in against those, those, those big, big uglies inside from Michigan State. Yeah, Zach, your thoughts yeah, on the seniors? I, I mean, I, I, I'm I feel different about Robert Johnson, and I really don't know why. I, I um, maybe it's just because I, I I I want him to go out that way. I I really don't. I can't put my finger on it, but I want him to keep shooting. And and um, I mean, two two fifteen is obviously terrible. I mean, you know, but um, I. I Archie has been, I mean, we've seen Archie be on him for not shooting, you know, not to, Hey man, catch the ball and shoot it, catch it and shoot it. And, and I know that, you know, that's not necessarily up Robert's alley all the time. I, I get that, but, um, I, I don't know if, yes. I mean, and, and by the way, let me just make myself clear. Yes. If you're not hitting the open shot from, from the perimeter, find another way. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. Um, but it kind of gets to the point for me where, and I'm talking specifically now about, about uh, Robert Johnson is, I mean, who else is going to shoot the ball? 
you know, I mean, with, I mean there's going to have to be somebody. And so it's got to be him. I mean, yeah. So I'm okay with Robert. I mean, I guess it's just the way it is, you know, with, with the slim pickings that you have in terms of shooters. I mean, it's, it, it, it's going to have to be Robert. I, I, I just, I think I'm just rooting for him. I'm rooting for that ball to go in. I'm rooting for his confidence to return. And sometimes I think it it is, it, especially with him, it's very fleeting. At least it looks like it. And um, and so I, I, when he shoots two of fifteen, it, when he's at two of fourteen, I'm like shoot it, you know. I I mean, I, and I'm not like that with a lot of other guys on this team. Believe me, with as bad as a team, uh, as uh, as bad a shooting team as this team is. I'm not with. I'm not like that with a lot of guys, but for some reason, I'm like that with Robert. I might. Be he's he's got a three-year track record as being a guy who makes shots. You know, yeah. it's not like yeah. you're hoping for something that we haven't seen. That's what makes it harder with Robert. And he's made big shots, and he's made big shots this year too. It's just he's sure, had sure. I mean, it's just like you no, know, I, I, you know, it, and it's been in flashes this year. I mean, you know that, you know, he was the bright spot against Michigan State the first time. Um, uh, you know, Purdue, I mean, and he, so he showed up in some big games, um, yeah. you know, so, but, so I, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that just says, okay, yeah, I mean, shoot the ball 15 times, be my guest. Let's hope it's not going to be a two for 15 night again. But yeah. for me, I'll take 15 shots from Robert Johnson on most nights. Yeah. You know, the problem is on this team, so limited offensively, they need Robert Johnson to be the second rock next to Jawan Morgan from a That's production right. standpoint. It can't be and, McRoberts, you guys. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, well, McRoberts is your rock in other ways, but he's not the guy who gets correct. you 15, 16 Offensive. points. Yeah, yeah. Robert's got to be the guy that just somehow, some way, finds a way to get you 15, 16 points. And he was doing it for a while, but... You know, not like tonight. That's the difference in the game. If he can get you those points, you win this game. And Indiana's just too limited offensively to to be able to win games when he's unable to do that. So that's just where we are this season. All right, coming up in our final segment of this edition of the Assembly Call, we hand out our game balls. Lots of guys to choose from tonight. This should be fun. We look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, which is another quick turnaround, and then we deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's 63-60 to 60 loss to the Michigan State Spartans tonight. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCrite wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's three-point loss to the Michigan State Spartans. Gentlemen, it is time for our game ball segment. A lot of people to choose from. Zach, why don't you go first? Give us your game ball. Ooh, throw me a curveball, huh? I'm going to go... Uh, I'll go with... Uh, I'll, I'll get the, 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 uh, the easy one out of the way. Let you guys battle it out over second and third. I'll go ahead and give it to Jawan Morgan. Um, I was super frustrated at halftime, even though IU was only down what eight, I think, at half. Um, that there was a part of me going, you know, it's not not too bad that IU's only down eight and Jawan Morgan played terrible. Um, you know, but then totally came around in the second half and. It was it was the kind of night where I didn't think he was going to have a good night altogether after the first. I didn't think the second half was going to be any better just because I I knew this IU team was wanting to get the ball was was probably going to force the ball down low to him and with all the behemoths underneath the basket for Michigan State, how good was he going to perform? And he totally he totally answered the bell in the second half. 19 um, of his points from the second half. Yep. Crazy, crazy. Oh, just, just a great second half for him. Totally kept IU in the ball game. Um, 
him and McSwain almost, you know, the, those two guys single-handedly kept IU in the ballgame. Um, and uh, so I, I, I'm going to give it to Morgan. I know there's a couple other guys that you can give it to, but um, um, he keeps on doing things that, that um, while I know he's the best player on this team, he continues to do things that surprise me game in and game out. And so until he stops doing that, he'll get my game ball. Ryan, you want to explain to us why you're giving yours to Freddie McSwain? Uh, just, I don't think I have to. I look, <laughs> I, I was getting some flack from people from giving him to him over the last couple of weeks and it paid uh, off. Tonight. So I'm going to give, face. so I'm going to give my game ball tonight to someone. No, I'm sticking with Freddie McSwain. I'm rolling the Freddie McSwain dice and it's, it's, it's coming up sevens. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with again, eight points, uh, 16 rebounds, one assist, one steal a block, only two fouls, no turnovers, four of nine from the field. Uh, and just a ton of effort and a ton of heart. And, and that's what you have Freddie McSwain on scholarship for. And he, he did a great job and it's been great to see him sort of become the guy he's become over the last few weeks. This is, this has been, I mean, it's not like this is out of nowhere. He's been playing better and doing this and being active and and you know I, I think we talked about in the offseason the this is like what do you want to see out of Freddie McSwain this year? I just be active, be athletic, you know, and just be a guy who gives effort. That's what that's what you're supposed to do this year. That's yeah. your job. And he's done that and he has lived up to it. And I hope he gets a great ovation uh senior night because that's a guy again without the basketball skill, without all that, that's a guy working as hard as he can to get the most out of his, you know, God given ability. And and he's doing it. And and that those are the kind of guys you love. You really love a guy like that. And so, uh, yeah, just very impressed with Freddie and, and where he's come, how far he's come. Yeah, I mean, Freddie is is a great choice. I'm tempted to give it to Devontae Green for for the six assists, for the no turnovers, you know, for backing up what he did against Ohio State. We and, have and the I, rule you can double up now. I, if you hold want. on. I, I know. I'm going to. I'm getting there. Look, I'm, I'm giving mine to Juwan Morgan, all right, because as Fair. I said earlier, I, I think it's one of his best – I think it's one of the best performances of his career given what he was able to do in the second half, how he bounced back, how he showed that he's got countermeasures now to when you take away what he likes to do, and he still found a way to get in there and, and produce how you need a guy like him to produce. So he was a leader. He was a great player. He was everything. So he gets my game ball. But I do just want to say about Devontae Green, a lot of people thought or, or mentioned that, yeah, you know, he did well against Ohio State, but most of the minutes he was in there, the game was already decided because Ohio State basically won that game in the first eight minutes. And that was true. And so the fact that Devontae puts up, you know, 20 some points, doesn't turn it over in kind of low pressure minutes when the game isn't really competitive, I get that that's maybe not that convincing. All right. But tonight, Devontae played key minutes down the stretch. And again, was the one Hoosier creating offense both for himself and other people. And yeah, the three for 11 is an eyesore. Uh, you know, you hope that he can be more efficient with the shots, but he's cutting out some of the really bad passes. He's cutting out, you know, some of the just silly, you know, dribbling mistakes where he just kind of loses focus. And that's why he's not turning it over. And so it's allowing his playmaking to shine and some of the really good passes that he makes. I mean, you know, a couple of little bounce passes that he had to Freddie McSwain were terrific and put a guy in position to score who isn't going to score a lot when he needs to dribble and Freddie McSwain and Devontae got him in the ball where all he had to do was maybe take a drop step or just take one step and score. And that's what a guard like him needs to do. And he's the one guy on Indiana's team who can do it. So I thought he was a really big key in the second half in Indiana, keeping that game close. Um, so he's kind of, my, you know, if Jawan Morgan hadn't had such a superlative performance, I would have given it to Devontae because um, I thought it was really good. But Jawan gets my game ball. Um, all right. Yeah. Can I throw two quick things before we go. 
the first one. So okay. we're not done yet. I've got I've got an important question for you. So there's still some things to come. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think I know what it's about. But as it pertains to tonight, um, two things: honorary game ball, uh, maybe. I, I and and uh, I'm not I'm not saying that we ha- that that anybody had to do this, um, but kind of uh, maybe maybe a maybe a classy tip of the cap to Fred Glass or whoever yes. came up with the message of not uh, not saying anything about the yes. Michigan State. Uh, yes. you know, sexual assault stuff. Yes. And, uh, was, yes. It's a, it's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. So honorary game ball there. And then I just, you know, maybe just to get a feel for the room, number two, um, was that the last time Tom Izzo visits Assembly Hall? No, I don't think so. That's a, it's a loaded question. It's a very I, I loaded think, question. I'm saying uh, yes. Right now, I think the answer for me is no, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's yes, let's just put it that way. There's going to be more to come out about Michigan State, uh, and then they're going to have a massive investigation. And so, um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's if it's yes. But I would say at this point, I'm betting. If I have to bet, I'd bet no. He'll be back. I think I'm betting yes. I think I'm betting a retirement at the end of this season. That's we'll see. That's a, that's a conversation we will definitely have this offseason for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so this is normally the point in the show where we preview Indiana's next opponent. Andy usually does that because he knows these teams better than any of us. Uh, he's not here. So in place of that, Zach, I'm going to ask Rutgers. you. It's Rutgers. Well, let me just the basics. I mean, Rutgers is ranked 138th in Ken Palm right now. But do you realize they have the 19th ranked defense in the country? Yeah, they're playing I mean, really they're, well. Yeah, the, the, their new coach is really, I mean, this is not the Rutgers of old. So, you know, they're kind of in a place where, you know, they still need to improve their personnel like Indiana. But you can start to see the seeds of a team that's going to be more competitive in the Big Ten. And they just, as I mentioned earlier, you know, played Purdue to a two-point game on their home floor earlier today. So they are on a similar quick turnaround to Indiana. You know, they had maybe a few more hours of rest, um, but they're on a quick turnaround. Obviously, the bonus for them is that they're at home. They don't have to travel. Um, so this is certainly a winnable game. I mean, Rutgers is a team like Indiana. Uh, they're in the 300s in shooting. They're actually in the 300s and three-point percentage, two-point percentage, and free-throw percentage. So this is not going to be a pretty game. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be a pretty game. It'll be a defensive battle. Um, It's a game that Indiana can win, but don't think that just because it's Rutgers that this is the Rutgers of old. This program is getting better. Um, So it's going to be a competitive game, and Indiana is going to obviously have to bounce back from another emotional loss, quick turnaround, traveling, and handle that better than they've handled that uh, in earlier games this season. So... Uh, anyway, that, that's about all, all we have on there because I don't really have a lot of thoughts on their personnel. Here's some personnel I do have some thoughts on, and that's Romeo Langford. So and we don't have time to get into all of it, Zach. Obviously, Romeo is going nuts. He scored over 100 points in his last two games. You've had a chance to see him play a lot. Um, just some general thoughts just on him, You know where everything kind of stands. And, and I think seeing it up close because i haven't seen him play live obviously like what is that spectacle like when you're actually there in person oh my gosh it's it's crazy um he is the i look my grandfather took me to games um all growing up in indiana high school basketball okay so i sat in a lot of gymnasiums over the years and I promise you it's not recency bias when I tell you that he is the um, – forget, forget his play, okay, for a second. He is the most 
popular player, perhaps in Indiana high school basketball history, certainly, certainly in the southern half of this state, which is a very, uh, very, uh, you know, it's a very tall state. So um, more than Damon. I, I am, it's it's that type. It's that type of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was 10 years old when Damon was a senior and I can remember him. You know, the, the story I always tell is I can remember Damon. I was sitting first row at New Albany games like I always would because um, my grandfather, I didn't even go to New Albany. I went to a neighboring school, but um, my grandfather was a city councilman for 40 years in New Albany. And that was his kind of way of, sh- you know, being around the crowd. So I would go with him and I can remember New Albany giving Bedford their only loss, Damon Bailey's senior year. And when the clock hit zero, there were four sheriffs that literally picked Damon up and carried him off the floor to avoid the the court rush, the, the court storming. And that's when I knew I was like, wow. Coach and I probably and I, hired those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I can totally see something like that happening with Romeo Langford. I mean, it's just it's just that type of thing. And I don't know if people saw it on my Twitter feed. At Big Easy is my Twitter account, B-I-G-E-Z. But uh, I called the game Thursday night that he had 63 points in. It was an hour away. Um, it was a school night because girls postseasons going on on Friday and Saturday night. And so he's an hour away, school night. And there were 500 people in line waiting for a picture and, a, and, and or an autograph from him after the game. And he stayed for every single one of them. Um, and his it was the first time he's the most it's the most unselfish player that I see that scores that many points too. It was the, the 63 points was the first time that I've seen him all year where his teammates knew um, it was time to give him the ball. It wasn't him demanding it. Mm-hmm. They just knew it was time to give him the ball. He was heat checking all over the place. So it's is, is he trying to get the record? You think? I mean, I mean, he's really up to score in the last couple of games, and it, it's it's a really outside shot. But what is if he scores forty some points a game, he could do it. Yeah, he's down to thirty nine point eight now. He's down is to it single season. Is no, it what, no, no career. Career. We're talking all time in Indiana. He's four hundred and thirty eight points away, if I'm not mistaken, and he he has a maximum oh, okay. of eleven games left to to okay. to pass Bailey. So um, I I don't know, Jared, to answer your question. Um, I did not think that ever until today. Yeah. Um, he he scored because he scored 63 on Thursday. He comes out today. I called his game this afternoon and he scored the first 16 points for New Albany and only missed one shot in the process. He was on fire and he cooled off later um, and he finished with 44. So um, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm starting to think maybe he does. He, but up until this weekend, I never thought that. I thought he was the most unselfish player that would score that many points ever. I mean, he he he'll average five assists a game, um, and he'll average a double double uh, a game this year. So he's a he's a crazy good player, man. So silky smooth. I, I'm I, defense will be the question mark for him when he gets to the next level for sure. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, man. That's uh. You you obviously have great insight on that being so close to it, being able to call his games. That's that's got to be such a special experience for you to be able to do calling those games for a season that is going to go down in the annals as one of the most memorable individual player seasons, and certainly one of the most memorable individual player careers ever. So that's really cool that you sure. get to see it so up close. Yeah, I, I I like it. I, I'm I'm worried about his sectional. I know people in Indiana know you know that 
this sectional has two other top 10 teams in the state, one of which New Albany's already lost to, and you would hate to see it go out so or say, I uh, hate to see him go out so early, but there is a legit possibility of that happening. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, he has a fairly clear road to uh banker's life. All right. So we got to get to last call. I know uh, Ryan has some important Super Bowl work to do tomorrow and his mom is going to be cooking him dinner yep. uh, and, and wow. lunch. So he has got to be well rested and have that stomach ready to eat some incredible meals on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so, Ryan, why don't you hit us off with last call and then get on your way? Yeah, I just think that people need to understand what they watched tonight. And that was a team giving its all. And and I know that, you know, that's that's not much of a consolation when you lose. But um I, I think that the I've been saying this for a few weeks. I think that we've seen the future is very bright for this program if Archie Miller can keep doing this and, and keep uh, you know building with these guys and getting them better and getting them to give that kind of effort. Now, the trip uh, to Rutgers is not going to be an easy one. It's a quick turnaround after an emotional game where they gave their all. It's going to be tough, and and you know we might see shades of Illinois, uh, but this team's got to find a way to be able to do these back to backs like this and and come out and and play well. And uh, so I, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens on Monday. Um, but uh, you know, at least for tonight, um, I, I think that you know they do deserve credit for for the way they played and how much heart they showed. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Zach, last call. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, the conflict is still there. I just, um, I would love to see. I'm, I know you're not going to get that sort of effort, nor do I expect it. That sort of effort every single game out, especially when you know, as many times this year as Indiana has to go uh, on one night's rest to the next opponent, um, and and in this case, on the road to the next opponent. Um, I think my big thing is I would just like to see more consistent effort. Um, it doesn't have to be this level. It just has to be more consistent. Um, you know, for a team of, um, you know, undersized men to go up against the, to go up against the, one of the best rebounding programs, not just teams this particular season, but programs in the country and just completely annihilate them on the glass is an effort thing. It is an effort thing. And um, just ha- just give IU fans 75% of that effort on a consistent basis. And I think IU fans, while they, they won't, while they'll still be tired of moral victories, might ha- might not have to, you know, uh, cry that tune very often because there'll be more victories, more real victories sprinkled in. So um, that's my big, big thing coming out of tonight. It's the thing I thought about the entire game, especially in the second half, and it's just something I hope gets better. If you get – I'll put it to you this way. Against a team like Rutgers, in my opinion, okay, and I know some people will differ on this, if you can have 75% of that effort that you saw tonight at Rutgers, I think you're winning the game. With with this roster, I think you're winning the game Mm -hmm. on a lot of nights at least. So – that's that. That's what I got. I agree. I'm, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that point up because it is, it's a bit of a, you know, a, an ice water bath on some of the excitement that that you might have coming out of a game like this. And I, you know, I say excitement because you know you lose, so you can only be so excitement, so excited. But again, you know, you see some of those things that's like, man, you know, when you 
increase the talent level and get a roster that fits better together, and you have guys playing like this, Indiana is going to be able to compete with so many more teams, and they're going to be able to win games like this. But the flip side to that, Zach, as you said, is you know there have been other games where Indiana hasn't brought this, and not every game is played against the top 10 opponent at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And this program for years has been able to get up for games like that. But I do think that one of the positives is we have seen more consistent effort and more consistent attention to detail, more consistent defense under Archie Miller than we had seen prior. Still a long way to go, but you know we're seeing more of it. And so I think that's why you can look at a game like tonight and not feel like it's just kind of a one-off, but it's more of, you know, it's obviously one of the higher peaks of the season in terms of the effort and focus, but in a season where, you know, even kind of the lower peaks, you know, it's starting to level off higher than it was before. And I think that's important. So, and, and I think, you know, my, my, you know, just final thought overriding feeling tonight is I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm proud of Indiana university tonight. I'm proud of the way that our guys played. I'm proud of the way that an undermanned roster competed against a great team and gave themselves a chance to win. You know, they didn't win and I'm disappointed in that. Um, but I've never been a guy and longtime listeners know this, that, you know, really judges everything based on wins and losses. That's the most important metric, but it's not everything. Um, and, and so that's why, you know, I feel good about the way that we played and, and the way that, especially that certain guys like Freddie McSwain just rose to the challenge. It's so rewarding as a fan to see a guy like Freddie who has battled so much to, to, you know, find some consistency and find his role and, and figure out what he does well to get a start and to respond to it on this stage, this level. This is the reason I feel like why we watch college basketball and why we are fans of a team like this. And, and a guy like Freddie, who does all the right things and is such a great young man, it's just it's rewarding to see that. And then, Zach, as you mentioned, I think it was just an incredibly, you know, you want to say that it's that it's classy and all these different things. What Indiana did to you know implore the students not to make any chance at Michigan State that referenced, you know, the awful atrocities that happened there. To me, it should be a given like that's just something that shouldn't be talked about. Um, but I think you've got to kind of take that step, be proactive about it. And I'm proud that our university would do that. And hopefully that is something that other universities follow suit on um, because that's not the kind of stuff that needs to be chanted at a basketball game. You know, chant about basketball stuff, Get leave the personal stuff and leave especially things like that out of it. That I just don't think there's really any place for it. So I'm disappointed because the Hoosiers lost and we're five and seven in the conference. And what are we overall now? 12 and 12? 12 and 12. 12 and 12, right at 500. So a lot of reasons to be disappointed, but I think there's also a lot of reasons to be proud. Uh, and so that's uh, that's how I will go to bed tonight. And hopefully uh, you feel the same way as we... Uh, hey, amen. I, I, think I, I, would, I would elaborate a little bit more, but I think that's a good way to put a bow on this one for sure. Well, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. You get our Six Banner Sunday news roundups, although this week it'll be Six Banner Monday because we've got a post-game analysis email coming out tomorrow morning. So we're going to space it out a little bit and we'll do the roundup on Monday morning. So just a small little schedule change. But assemblycall.com slash join is where you get all of that free content. Uh, It'll make you a smarter IU basketball fan. So we hope you'll take us up on that offer. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again Monday night after IU Rutgers and then again for Assembly Call Radio later next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go
Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.